Hello, everyone. My name is Gary Luscious, Luscious Thinking. Today, I have a good friend of mine, Calvin Pringle, on the show today. He's a top producer for Lock and Key Realty in the Tri-County area. Um, if you don't know where the Tri-County area, that is Pinellas, Pasco, and Hillsborough County. Um, Calvin, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. Good. Good to hear him. <laughs> How's life going with this, with this pandemic and, and everything? Honestly, man, I, I think everything's kind of cool. Like, I'm, I guess I'm sort of introverted as it is. So, like, working from home, being by myself, like, nothing has really changed. What about you? Um, you know, it's it's been weird. Uh, I think the start of the pandemic, um, I started reading books for the first time in years. And uh, yeah, as you can see, I have a couple right here that I'm, I'm showcasing. It's the Ryan Holiday series, um, but. Yeah, I, I started reading books. Um, I started, yeah, I stopped watching TV as much. Um, and it kind of showed in my work, you know. Um, and I think it's that that's one of the biggest things that's going on right now is a lot of people are, instead of doing what they would normally do, they're, I think they're doing something different. Because when you spend a lot of time by yourself, you have a lot of, you know, introspection that you're thinking about. So, um, you know, what are what are some of the subtle changes that have happened, you know, in, in the real estate world um, because of the pandemic? So, it, it, I mean, it, there's kind of like two phases of it, right? So you, you take the first, I don't know, what have we been in this, six months now? Yeah. You take the first three months and like the first, I kid you not, the first 30 days, 45 days, no one was looking, you know, everybody's in like, fear and shock and no one's wanting to check out houses. Nobody's wanting to put their home on the market because everybody's scared, right? Yeah. Well, you know, the psychology of the consumer, when this consumer's down, well, the market's down, yada, yada. So um, then, you know, as we start getting to the, the last three months, you know, the past three months that we've been in, I mean, it's just been like rocking and rolling. I mean, you know, you know, as well as I do, interest rates are ridiculously low right now and sellers can basically get what they want for their mm -hmm. home and they're just now starting to kind of push back on that as far as appraisals go and saying like hey this price is unreasonable let's cut back a little bit let's sell it at market you know mm -hmm. but i understand because the demand is there yeah and um yeah i like what you said about that where it, the appraisal process is is a little bit different because it is you, you so you think it's a seller's market then at, oh 100 yeah. percent. yeah can you can you kind of explain the difference between a seller's and a buyer's market to people who really aren't familiar with that yeah, so, I mean, what I've been seeing is, like, every realtor that goes online, they're like, it's a seller's market. Sellers, sell your house, you know, but they're not really explaining as to why. So, basically, right now, the demand is through the roof for homes. And this is because homes are selling, I forget the exact number, but they're selling, like, let's say, for instance, two or three times as fast as new homes are being listed. Mm -hmm. So, Joe Sally down the street, if she's thinking about selling her home, she can literally get market value for it. as long as it's decently upgraded and you know, somebody can move in as what we call turnkey. So you can just turn the key and kind of move your stuff in. I mean, you're, you're in a phenomenal situation. Oh, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> do you think that's also because, uh, yeah, the demand is high, but, um, there's not a lot of inventory out there still. Like it's still, yeah. coming back you know like I mean, yeah, well, that's, where, that's where the demand comes from right I think, well it's two things so interest rates being so low mm -hmm. are forcing buyers to make the decision that hey this two-bed house that i'm renting for fourteen hundred dollars i can rent i can buy the same home 
$4,000 mortgage. So right. let's go ahead and lock that in. Mm-hmm. And then um, with the supply being so low, that's kind of like why the demand is so high right now. Yeah. And I, I think that the inventory is starting to ramp up. And that's why, like you said, in the first three months of the pandemic, I mean, it was all real. It was all refis for me. I mean, I had, I had two or three purchases, you know, going on, but I mean, it's mostly refinances because with interest rates being so low, you have to take advantage of that. You know, I, I had this campaign going on, uh, <laughs> it's refi 2020 making your home work for you. And I, it got a lot of traction, you know, because politics, um, that, you know, the election that's going on right now, um, is kind of geared after that. But, um, yeah, after that first three months, I just started getting people calling me about buying houses and, and, and not refinancing. And, um, I'm glad that that's back. I really am because, you know, it's for, for a while, there was a little bit of chaos going on. Like, is this going to be like six months? Is this going to be eight months where people are scared to, to sell their homes? Yeah. Um, so what do you, what we talked about a little bit earlier, um, you're, uh, a little bit introverted. So this pandemic kind of didn't help you out, but you know, it's, it kind of plays to your, yeah, plays to your narrative. Um, is there anything differently that you're doing because of the, the pandemic? So at the start of the pandemic, and this has kind of always been, um, I know we may talk about this later, but this has all kind of always been my focus is to put my focus into social media. Mm-hmm. So What's happening now is I'm doing a lot more virtual, virtual showings via, you know, Instagram or Facebook or whatever it may be. And I'm actually having good conversations with people that I already know or people that I'm, I'm starting to get to know um, about the housing market, you know, the housing market or homes or, you know, whatever it is that I post in my story. So, so social media is a big, big part of your marketing strategy. It's, it's the only marketing the only thing. Yeah. Unless it's, unless it's word to word, word of mouth from, you know, a friend to a friend or a friend to somebody that I don't know. Um, social media is the number one marketing source that I use. And I, I mean, I, I like, I actually, you know, I follow you on, on basically every social media source there is. And, you know, um, I see what you're posting and what you're posting is, is good content. And that's, that's, that's hard to find a lot of people that get sucked into, um, you know, business, 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 and, and there's no life, you know, it's like, well, are you working 24 seven? Is that all you do? You know? So I like the fact that you, you do incorporate, um, going to the gym, you know, your outside life, um, you know, going to restaurants, you know, getting a drink, whatever it's, it's not just all business. It's, you know, you're, you show that you're a person as well. Um, and, and that's, that's, that's fantastic. A lot of people, they, like I said, they get sucked into that and they just, they don't, they don't show good content. They just show their business content. And after a while, people can be like, all right, I've, I've had enough of this. So when I was first starting out, like I was looking and people were saying, Oh, start a business profile and everything like that. And like, I, so I never made a business profile for Instagram, but I did make one for Facebook. It, it's not that active. Um, but I, it actually drives me crazy when I go, like, cause I want to connect with other professionals in the area, but I find that really it's only people our age that are actually posting like about their life and like what they're doing, you right. know, because when I, when you go and you look up, you know, Tampa Bay Realtor, for instance, on your Instagram search bar or whatever it may be, what you're going to find is a feed flooded with just PDFs. Right. And it's like, I don't want to see that. Like, that's not good content. And that's why they get one or two likes. Right. So, I try to make it as engaging as possible without being like super self-centered and just posting like a selfie every single picture. And then also just posting like a house every single picture too. Right. 
and I, I completely agree with that. You know, when I did my, um, my marketing campaign with the refi 2020, um, I, it was just a graphic. So I, I only could get so much traction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think making videos, um, people hearing your voice, you know, people, like, cause that's, that's a big thing about the, you know, the human connection is that to when you text somebody, you're only getting like three per, three to 5% of what they're actually saying. When you're talking to somebody on the phone, you know, you're getting a, a little bit more than that. But when you're talking person to person, you know, that, that right there is where the human connection aspect comes in and you get the full reality of what's going on. You know, you get to feel out that person. And um, so are you, when, now when you connect with people, I know that the, with the pandemic, it's been difficult. You've been saying that you've been doing a lot of virtual things. Um, have you been doing um, like in-person meetings or has it been mostly, you know, just over Zoom, over FaceTime, you know, over Google Duo? Um, again, like there's kind of two phases of this. So when this first started, uh, everything was virtual. I mean, virtual consultations, virtual listing appointments, etc. Um, but as like the second half kind of came around, I think people got more comfortable with the fact that, you know, a mask and hand sanitizer is enough. Right. And let's go physically see this home because no one's going to make a decision online. I mean, if you, if you think about it, and, and most every American is able to kind of compare to this, when you go and you're looking for a car on cars.com or um, Craigslist or whatever, wherever you shop for cars, you're going to go test drive that car. You're going to go feel it. You're going to go smell it. You're going to go, you know, touch it. So it's the same thing with houses. houses housing is even a bigger purchase than, than just shopping for a car. Absolutely. Most- I mean, for the, for the most cases, it's the biggest purchase you'll make in your life. You know, unless, unless you decide you want to start doing commercial, which even then that's still, that's still technically a house. It's just a commercial house at that point. But, um, absolutely. I a hundred percent agree with you. Um, you know, it, you can only go so far and, and this is what we, you know, we said earlier, you can only go so far, you know, being online, being in person, seeing things, feeling things, smelling things, you know, that's, you have to have all the senses going to, to, to get a reaction. So, um, in the, in the first three months, did you, uh, did you think about getting a drone and maybe like, you know, setting up a phone or something, having the drone fly around with you while you were showing the house? No. So what I actually, what I, what I went out and bought is like a little gimbal. So a stabilizer. Okay. That's what I've been using for like my showings. I went, I, so the, the only two purchases that I made for, I guess the pandemic and like making things more virtual, I bought an iPhone 11 pro because it has the wide angle. Um, the wide angle feature. And then I bought a gimbal just to keep the video nice and steady. And yeah. it, like, it's nuts. I mean, I've seen some of the videos and it's like, for me, like I, I have, it's, it's almost like I have Parkinson's when I'm like trying to take a video, you know, like I'm trying to, it, you, it's trying to be stable. And it's like, I'm sitting here like basically, you know, just, I, I can't, I'm not one of those people with stable hands. So I, I definitely probably should get one of those then if I, if I ever decide to do something like that. Um, yeah. I also, I also definitely have to get some, some better equipment going on, uh, for the podcast. As you can see, my green screen behind me is, Hey, you gotta start somewhere. Man. Gotta start somewhere. Gotta start somewhere. Um, so in, in your honest opinion, then what do you, where do you think the market's going in the next six months? Um, so we have no indicators that it's going down. Um, I mean, you can just project that it's going to continue to go up. So we're probably going to see it continued. In my opinion, I think that the values are going to continue to rise unless something crazy happens. 
Um, but I think after November, you know, when the election comes around, that's going to be kind of like the staple. Like, it, is this going to happen for the next four years? Is this going to change? Um, it really just depends. Yeah. And so we really won't know until after November then. Or Yeah. You know, but I, I will say this, even, even with a change happening, um, we pur- purchasing a home is kind of like a hedge against inflation because if rents continue to rise and prices continue to rise and everything like that, you have a continuous steady monthly payment that you know that you need a minimum of every single month to make. Right. So, so purchasing, I mean, why, why not if you can make a purchase right now, if you can afford it, if you're qualified, if you can get anywhere between a, I don't know, two, two, three and a three, five on a good day or something like that. Um, as far as your interest rate, and you're only paying a thousand bucks a month for a two bedroom house, you know, and, and a location that is not that bad. Why not do that? And you, um, you have MBS highway. So, you know, you, you've seen rent versus buy scenarios. You've seen all of those, those good tools that they have on there. Um, I show people all the time, the rent versus buy scenario, $200,000 house mm-hmm. compared to a $200,000 house that they'd be renting. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, wait, so I'm, I would be spending $1,600, $1,600 to $1,800, depending on, you know, where the location of that house is. When in reality, I can probably get a $200,000 house, especially with rates being as low as they are for maybe as as low as $1,000 a month. You know, I would say probably more like 1200, but you know, 1300, depending on taxes. But if you put enough down, there's, there's a possibility, you know? And, And for anybody that may be watching this or hearing this contact Gary and look at that 10 year rent versus buy. And it'll be like, you spend, you make 300 grand or you spend 700 grand, which is better. Like you have to get a, get a specific property, a specific location, see your average rent for the location. And it is mind blowing how much money you're losing out of, you know, the next 10 years, whatever it is. It is mind blowing. And even, even going to the five years, right? Let's say like, especially for first time home buyers, average um, age of the first time home buyer is anywhere from what, three to five years that they own that house. So even within the first five years, it's still, you're saving a crap ton of money. Yeah. $1,600. That's $400 a month difference with rates the way they are right now. And mm-hmm. in five years time, that $200,000 house is going to appreciate and you're still going to be making the same payment. If not, ref, you know, refinanced because you've made extra payments, whatever, um, paid off debt, you know, it, and yet still, it's not going to be $2,000 a month, you yeah. know, which is what you'd be renting. So at, at five years, you would literally be close to $2,000. That's a $600 swing right there each month. It, yeah. it, it, makes, it just makes sense. And a lot of people, I was talking with Trey yesterday um, about this, right? I, I really, truly want to start helping people understand what to do with their credit, you know, to keep their credit or build their credit, you know, coming out of high school, coming out of college, it's very important to, to make sure that your credit is healthy. Because without that, you know, I, interest rates are like extremely low right now, but without good credit, you're, you're still, you don't have that advantage, you know, that a lot well, of other people have. Even now, because they raised the, the credit minimum, right? Right. What, is what, 620 versus yeah. 580? And then um, I believe the conventional, instead of being 620, it's 660 now. Yeah. Or 680, something like that. Um, in some cases, yeah, it's 680. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of sad that the system doesn't teach about credit, you know, and then they want you to depend so much on it for anything that you do. It's like, if you have bad credit, you're a bad person, basically. Right, yeah, and, and it's, there's, there's no second chances. 
it's like you you literally like it's it's not like you in credit it's not like you know you're in a business venture and and you fail and you don't fail miserably you know you accidentally make one mistake and you bump down a couple notches no it's like they they literally like you're back on you're back to square one if not you're underground six to eight feet you know it's it's mind-blowing how one missed payment is a 50 point swing it's like anywhere from 50 to 100 points and this is this is very important for those out there that are listening please make sure your credit stays healthy along with and and the other thing i will say too is um you know there's some great programs even though credit has increased there's some great programs out there um for people who do not have a lot of money who still want to buy houses um you know it's just right now because it's a seller's market it's a little bit more difficult to get like fha um going with up to what is it? i think six percent concessions that they can go up to mm-hmm. so you know it's hard to do that you know with the seller's market but I, I think, you know, once the inventory comes back, um, you know, rates are still going to be low. I think that, you know, there's a, there's a good chance for people who don't have a lot of money, have decent credit, um, you know, have, have something in the bank that they're able to, you know, put down. Um, it, if you think about it, it's three and a half minimum from FHA. You can get up to 6% concessions. So if you get 6% concessions, you're basically putting half a percent down on a house. Mm-hmm. And two hundred thousand dollar house. That's what, twenty uh, five hundred or no? Sorry, it's like a, a grand, right? Yeah, it's like a grand. Yeah, two grand. Yeah, two, two grand. Two grand. Half percent. Yeah. I should know this. I'm the math guy. That's that's the bad thing. I should know this, but I I, I love my calculator. It's my uh-huh. best friend. That's my best friend. But yeah, that I mean that's that's kind of another thing too. Is like folks that don't have any like. Like if their mom and their dad rent, or, you know, if they don't have experience in their family of home ownership, they don't know the difference of what, what a house costs. You know, you see a house listed for 200 grand, they think, well, dang, I got to fork out $200,000 if I want to buy this. I'd rather just rent for a grand, you know, and it's not like that. It's like low percent down. In most cases, you can get closing costs um, paid for by the seller, and then you're able to move forward where you're able to, you know, have a very steady monthly payment and, just keep it going. And that's why they have a fantastic agent like you because you get those concessions. You're the negotiator. That's why it's very important for all those that are listening out there. It's very important for you to have a buyer's agent because they're the one who, they're the ones who are going to represent you. You know, don't go in this alone. This is what, this is what Calvin does for a living. He's a professional. He knows what he's doing. So make sure you get representation before you, you know, you go in and, and start thinking about buying a house. Yeah, Same thing. Not, not even just me. You know, because I know you're, you're tooting my flute a little bit, but not even just me. Just make sure you find an agent that knows exactly what they're doing, and you know, just sort of interview. You don't have to go with your your mom's cousin or your grandma's realtor, or whatever it is. Like host interviews, like you're hiring that person. Like for to work with a buyer's agent, it's completely free, right. but you can still pick the cream of the crop. You know, it's it's not that you have to just settle for your mom's best friend or whatever whatever it may be. Don't settle. Absolutely. I, I a hundred percent agree with you. I've, I've had horror stories about, you know, buyers being pressured, oh, yeah. you know, um, just, and then on the opposite end too, where I just have, you know, agents that are extremely nonchalant and they're working with buyers who, who need to get into a house. And, and that's what it is. It's, it's not, it's, it's setting yourself up, you know, with somebody who, who molds with you, who blends with you. You don't want, if, if it's, you know, if you need a bulldog, 
somebody who's going to go and get the negotiations, get you in that house in, in, you know, 35 days or less, hopefully 30 days or less, because turn times right now are, are ridiculous with underwriting and, and the appraisals. But, you know, if you need a bulldog, find that bulldog, interview some people, like you said, you know, if you're more nonchalant, you're, you know, trying, okay, well, maybe in the next like six months, I'm thinking, I don't know, I'm, I'm not really worried. Okay, then there's another person for that. But don't, don't settle. I, I like where you're coming from with that. Don't, like, don't settle for something just because it's, you don't know, you yeah. know? Um, so what are you seeing with like trends on house prices? Obviously they're going up, but are, are there certain areas that you're seeing that are trending higher than others? Are there? Man, if you, if there, so that with each area, there's certain price ranges that are just ridiculous. Like absolutely, that doesn't even make sense. Um, it, like, I'll give you an example. Um, if you're shopping in Dunedin for a three bedroom, two bath with like, it doesn't even have to have a pool, just updated, um, under let's say 400 grand, you'll see multiple offers. You'll, you'll see cash offers. You'll see conventional with like 50% down. You'll see just very strong offers. Now what's even crazier. And I should have, I should have led this example is like the Tampa Heights market in Bayshore Garden area. That area is ridiculous. I had a I had a client that I was working with. Shout out Alex. Um, he probably has a head full of gray hairs by now, but um, we probably went and visited six six homes that we submitted offers on that were all in multiple offer cash deals, fifteen twenty thousand dollars over list price. So like those are some pretty scary markets to shop in if you're not like if you're not with an agent that doesn't know what they're doing. Like there, there are things that have to be supplied in the contract, such as escalation clauses, a high percentage of escrow. Um, you can play with the inspection period a little bit, which is a little savvy. I won't talk about that on here, but um, there's a bunch of little things that can, can, you can do contractually that will make your buyer's offer look a lot better. And in those types of markets, safety Harbor is another one. Um, downtown, like some parts of St. Pete too. Yeah. Downtown St. Pete. Yeah. Um, those are all crazy, like super crazy areas. So that's why I live right outside. And, and you, and I, I, you have a very, um, I, I've been in that area, uh, you know, where you live now and it's, it's this like, it's this interesting place, you know, it's, it's got this like homey vibe to it, but it, it's 15 minutes away from downtown. If that maybe 10, like seven minutes from downtown, it's, it's a four mile bike ride. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a downtown area, you know. It's it's like a suburbia, and then boom, five minutes, ten minutes, you're you're in the city, you know. So, um, yeah, I'm up in I'm up in Pasco, and I've I don't I don't know um, if you've seen any trends up here, but I mean, goodness gracious, house prices are are flying up here. Absolutely, yeah. Pasco Pasco is actually seeing a higher rate of appreciation in Pinellas County is because of all the new construction. Exactly. Not only that, uh, there's, I feel like there's a lot of things that they're doing to, you know, roads. Um, I mean, in my neighborhood, um, you know, they're redoing all the roads. They're putting in uh, these palm trees, you know, and the, um, the center ways and they're, they're cleaning it up, you know, and, and Pasco County is huge. It's not just Newport Ritchie, Port Ritchie, Holiday, you know, it's Wesley Chapel, you know, it's, it's new Tampa. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of, it's a big area. Mm -hmm. I'd say Pasco is probably as big as Hillsboro. Oh yeah. Yeah. I would say so. It's just new construction. They're bigger than Pinellas County, you know? Right. Oh, Pinellas County. I think, 
I want to say Pinellas County has the highest volume of people per square foot in the country. We have like over 1.2 million people living in like this tiny little peninsula. There's no way that we build that we are big, bigger per square foot than Miami. There are millions of people that live in Miami. That's that's a um, look at, at Miami Dade County though. It by by county by square foot. So like uh, yeah. So like what I'm saying is like Miami itself, absolutely. Like the city of Miami, most likely, yeah. It's it's probably has way more people than Clearwater or or even Tampa or, or whatnot. But like mm-hmm. the Pinellas County alone, like the county itself, because Miami Dade's pretty big. Um, but Pinellas County is this tiny little peninsula, and we we have like 1.2 people million 1.2 million people living here. So it's like we're living on top on on top of each other. Yeah. Um, and so that's why you see a lot of people going to tampa going to new tampa where all the new construction is because there's it's it's growing i feel you know it's one of those areas that i i think is going to be it's on the come up for sure new new construction is a um it's a cool little like aspect as you look at it like 10 20 years from now you know i think i think all down i think that's what 54 all Mm -hmm. down 54 they're just going to be loaded with houses yeah starkey ranch um there's a couple other ones that I can't remember because I I don't really drive that way up. Um, there's a, there's, a, there's more than I can name off the top of my head. And it's all construction right now. It's mm-hmm. literally, they're all under construction. It's, I would say probably in the next year, we're going to see probably way over 300 houses, maybe even close to 500 houses being built out there. Yeah. It's crazy. Plus, plus you got to consider the rate that people are moving to Florida. Yeah. Like Absolutely. Crazy stat, like 350 350 people a day or something like that and moving to Florida, you know, and there's only X amount of homes. Like they we're way over the amount of people moving here versus housing that's supplied. Right. Which is also probably another indicator of why rents are rising. Exactly. Because it's the demand, you know, people are, um, and look at our generation too. Our generation is getting to the age where they're, they're getting out of their parents' houses. You know, they're finally done with college. They're getting out on their own. They're renting, you know, they're, they, they have roommates now because they're used to them in college. So you, we have this huge influx of people that are looking to buy houses or they aren't because they're not educated in, in that aspect. Like they're, they don't know. And so they're scared. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's why, that's why I, I wanted to do this podcast. You know, a little bit of it was, I wanted to educate some people that it's, it's not, yeah, the, right now it's it, it it is a little uh, I won't say it's it's a little scary it, it's it's a little um, nerve wracking sometimes but it's well worth it in the end you know both of us have gone through the process you know I, I mean my process was was absolute hell but that was because of me you know but if you have everything that you need if you have credit if you have assets if you have income those three things you can easily buy a house yeah. And, and for, we go back, there's so many, like, I know that affordable housing right now isn't the, you know, there's, it's, they don't have the best programs out there, but there are still conventional 3% down programs, um, you know, that, I mean, it's, it makes sense for you, like 3%, let's say even a $100,000 house, which I know, I know you really can't find $100,000 houses, but just for the, the simple math, you know, that's three grand plus, you know, probably another 2,500 to three grand for, um, you know, for closing costs. So six grand, save up six grand, you know, in the next year, instead of going out and doing something stupid, stay in, save six grand. 
and then you don't have to worry about rent rising ever. Yeah, and then you get the bank on the appreciation, but I mean, I guess it just depends on the person's situation too. Right. Yeah, and each each person's different. So, um, there is one other thing I was going to say because I've been he- I've been hearing rumors about this, and I mean, obviously, since the pandemic has been going down, I feel like it's possible, possibly going to happen. Um, how do you feel about like hybrid closings or like e closings, all mm-hmm. online or a hybrid version of them? I like it. I, I, mean, I think I it's nice. I see no point in like people if if people don't get together to review contracts anymore, which back in like all the all the older uh, realtors that I talked to say that you know back in I don't know the eighties or the nineties or whatever, whenever they did this, they would all get together: buyer, seller, buyer agent, seller agent, whoever else is involved, sit around a table and negotiate a contract. Well, right. why does that need to happen? We have cell phones, so why can't we do closings on a computer? Right. You know? and, and right now, how closings are, basically you have um, title agent, closing agent, and then you have the buyer, buyer, buyer agent, or um, the closing, closing agent, and then the seller, the seller agent. So, I, I mean, I, I just think that an e-closing it would be a lot more efficient, so that way people can be like in and out go get their mover out, you know, get the truck ready and start moving in like the same day versus being at closing for, you know, two and a half hours or whatever. And then you know, just keep, keep going on their way. But yeah, I, like it. I, I think that, you know, cause we're, we're probably going to see hybrid closings before we see e-closings, but um, yeah, I, I have an app now, right? Like, it's not like I'm taking information over the phone anymore. Um, you know, a lot of what I do is I, I give people the phone app and they fill it out from their phone. Mm-hmm. And they sign most of the documents from their phone. There's only a certain few documents that they have to wet sign. And um, to everybody out there who doesn't know what wet signing is, it's basically just hand signing it. Um, but yeah, there's there's only a few documents that, you know, the, the wet signatures are needed. So even that hybrid closing of basically making copies of all the things that have been signed, e-signed, and and just making sure that the the hand signed signatures need, you know, are filled out just those hand signatures that still cuts off it's it's a 30 minute closing you know or or a 15 minute close compared to like we just talked about two and a half hours i sat my closing was i i think it was supposed to be at 12 and i didn't leave until like 4 35 sometimes i like that especially if if people aren't you know if you have things under underwriting or if people are just dragging you know, dragging their feet on, on the other end or something like that, you know, it can always just be delayed. And then now you get a whole day basically just sitting at a table. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and for the most part, it, you know, I, to everybody out there, it's, it's not, you're not always having five hour uh, closing. It's just, I got very unfortunate. It, it is, it can be a smooth process. It's just, you know, depending on what's, what the situation is, what's going on. Um, but I mean, the feeling that you get after that closing when they give you the keys and you're like, Oh my God, I own a home. This is, oh, this yeah, it's, is worth it. it's, it's so worth it. You know, my boy says my boy down in um, Fort Lauderdale, he says that real estate's 99% drama free or yeah. that's what he tries to do. Cause there's always like that one little crinkle in there. That's just like, why did that happen? You yeah. Know? And you're going to have, you know, it, it, there's certain things that yeah, yeah, you can have the most smooth process and still have one little wrinkle. And that's fine. You know, it's just, it's working. It's, it's, you know, it's finding the obstacle. Is it the way or do I work around it? What do I do to get through this situation? You know, mm-hmm. and that's why it's important to have professionals with you. And that's, we keep coming back to this, you know, 
that's why it's having good having good representation on the you know for buyers um, out there as well as you know you need to make sure that you know what your buying power is you know you don't want to just go into it and be like hey listen I want to buy a 250 275,000 dollar house and you don't have the income you don't have the assets to be able to do that you know you want to make sure that you go to somebody and they tell you that would be me I'm, I'm the one that does that by the way um, but you want to make sure that you have a plan you know, because without a plan, then you're, you're, you're just rolling with the punches. And it's like, no, like you have, if you have a game plan, that one wrinkle, it's like, don't, don't worry about it. It's this, this is easy fix, you know? So, um, we've, we've gone a little bit with the, uh, with the real estate end. Now, um, I've known you for a long time. A lot of the, the first two guests that I've had on here, I've collectively, I think known for 20 plus years, um, between the both of you guys. Um, what kind of motivations, you know, drive you every day? Like, are there certain books? Are there certain, you know, people that you know, drive you to, to be where you are? Because you're, I mean, you just got top agent of August for Lock and Key Realty. So mm-hmm. what's, what's driving you? Yeah. Um, I think for that, it's just, that was just timing to be honest with you, but. Um, <laughs> humble man, humble man. For, for me, um, my biggest thing, kind of like my reason why, my purpose, um, it's more so about giving back. So like what I want to do when I get to a certain point of, you know, success and, and where I'm able to leverage myself a little bit more and buy back my time is, um, go into like, you know, inner city schools and just kind of supply like a mentorship program. Like, Hey, this doesn't have to be the way that you have to go. Here's the other routes that you can go. Um, cause a lot of times people don't have that, that type of leadership. They don't have that type of direction in their life. So they kind of just go with the flow of things, you know? So I just want to be able to supply, um, just information about, you know, I mean, anything just to be kind of up level your life, you know? So I want to do that to, you know, I think, I think right now my focus is on high school. It'll either be high school or middle school. Yeah. I was talking with Trey yesterday and he said the same exact thing. And, and it's, I'm, I'm so glad that you know people like us are out there where we want to give back you know it's because your time is valuable and and for to give some of that time to other people so that they can succeed and they can do something more than what they think they are is it's very important you know i think that we should me you and and trey then because you know he's got dream chasers motivation going on right now i think we could we could probably team up and do something you know um maybe in the next, you know, in the next, you know, this is the futuristic, you know, future talking, but I think we could set something up like that. Or, the, uh, yeah. You can teach me. <laughs> and, and honestly, it, with him, you know, with, with, um, with Trey, he, he has a, the motivational aspect, you know, he, he gets people to do things that normally they wouldn't think they could do. You know, you, you could teach people, you know, not only that, but you could also teach people, things you know about real estate, you know, things you know about in investing and in, in, especially with time, like time is the biggest investment that we waste. Like everything else we can, we can waste all the money in the world, but it doesn't matter because we never get time back. We can get money back. We can never get time back. Your most expensive asset. It is. And, and for people to understand that, that would go a long way. You know, um, how do you feel about sports being back? Um, I mean, I'm, I don't really care. I'll probably, I'll probably be the first person to tell you I played football for 18, 19 years of my life and I don't watch it. Really? I watch, I always, <laughs> I tell my boy, uh, my boy Kaysen, 
that I'll only watch football if it's on. You know, <laughs> I don't have any cable. I don't have any streaming services that have football. But, you know, if I'm out hanging out with some friends and, and, and the game's on, I'll watch it. You know, right. I understand the sport. I understand everything about it. Um, and then it's, it's good right now because all the Tampa Bay teams are going good, you know. Mm-hmm. So, well, I, I don't know about the Rays. Are the Rays still in it? Oh, the Rays are still in it. Rays are the best, I think, second best team in baseball right now. Yeah. So, I mean, all the Tampa Bay teams are doing good. Well, aside from the Bucks, 0-1 start. But, you know, they'll, they'll pick it up. But, yeah, I mean, for me, I cut the cable like four or five years ago. And since then, I never looked back. I read. I work out. Play Call of Duty in my free time. And then, you know, outside of that, I'm really just spending time with myself. Yeah. And that's – um, like I said earlier, I, I started doing the same thing because I, after a while you just, you start getting this repetitive notion of like watching the same thing over and over again. It doesn't matter. It's it, like each TV show in its own way is, is funny, but it's almost like the narratives are all the same. You know, you get a, a sitcom, it's going to be the same. You're going to have that witty humor. It's the same thing, you know, but reading books and, and working out and making yourself a better version of yourself, you know, whether it be physically, mentally, intellectually, these are things that are going to get you places, not, you know, sitting on your ass and watching TV all day. Like it, it, people during the pandemic, they, that's what they were doing, you know, and other people, I, I'm, I'm so glad that I found, you know, philosophy. I found stoicism because without it, I probably would have been that person on the couch, you know, just sitting there all day watching TV. Um, but yeah, books books are are fantastic. Even if audiobooks. Like I listen to audiobooks on the way to work. I have a 45 minute commute. And that's all I do is listen to audiobooks now instead of music because audiobooks, podcasts, I mean, find kind of like I always think like when I talk about books and stuff like that, I would always think of this um this picture and it's like I forget what like what exactly it says, but it's like a, a picture of like a little seedling sprouting. It's like every day you're either growing or you're dying. So when I'm physically reading or I'm physically listening to a book or working out or whatever it is today, I'm growing, you know, I'm not doing anything else that I feel that is better in me than I'm essentially dying, you know, as it, as it says. Right. So that you, you're basically that, um, you know, that information that you're trying to learn and, and, and put out there do actually do it. That's the water, you know, for your plant. And, and with, you know, whenever you don't have that, you, you don't feel like you're hydrating yourself, you know, as yeah. a, as a, as a plant. So I, that makes sense. Um, so I, I basically, um, I think I've, I've kind of gone over a lot of the things that I wanted to, did you, did you have anything that you wanted to say out there about, you know, anything else in the real estate world, anything like that? No, I mean, it may seem scary, but it's not work with somebody that's good, not somebody that sucks and you'll be good. (laughs) Simple, but effective. (laughs) Calvin, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, We're going to have to get on here. I think that we should do um, another one of these after November because I want to see what, you know, what shakes out with the election and where things are going. And then we can, we can have another one of these. We can finally answer the question. What do you think is going to happen in six months for real? (laughs) Tune in next time. Tune in next time. <laughs> All right. Again, episode two of Luscious Thinking. My name is Gary Lush. And Calvin Prinkle, thank you so much for being on my show. And I can't wait to have you on again. Oh, good, man. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good one, man.